Perhaps you have wanted to share your convictions about June Pride issues, but were hesitant to speak because traditional Judeo-Christian values are no longer welcome. Hi, I'm Rex Rogers, and this is episode number 92 of Discerning What is Best, a podcast applying unchanging biblical principles in a rapidly changing world and a Christian worldview to current issues in everyday life. One of the things I've felt about June Pride Month, or rather all the issues that designation implies, is that Christians, or conservatives, two groups that overlap but are not the same, don't seem to know how to respond or address these matters. The gay rights, later LGBTQ plus movement, has gotten the upper hand in public discourse. Their messaging is better, winning the war for public opinion. Since 1969, the date of the Stonewall riots at a nightclub in New York City, an event generally regarded as the genesis of the LGBTQ plus movement, activists and advocates of this sexual liberation philosophy have marketed, promoted, and politicked their social political message with astounding success. At first, their strategy took on culture, then later legal and political status, resulting in an unprecedented moral acceptance or at least acquiescence, among the majority of the American people. Representatives of the LGBTQ plus movement constantly claim they are victims, are not accepted or affirmed, are in danger of violence, and much more. Yet the movement possesses documentable momentum in entertainment, academia, sports, business, and religion. No sector of American society has been left untouched or even allowed to sit quietly on the sideline. In 1978, the rainbow flag was first used in a gay pride parade. In 1979, the first March on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. In 1993, Don't Ask, Don't Tell via Bill Clinton, allowing gays to serve in the military. In 2015, Obergefell versus Hodges, the Supreme Court of the United States allowed same-sex marriage. In 2021 to 2023, the Biden administration made sexual orientation and gender identity one of its most prominent oft-referenced issues, advocating for advancing the LGBTQ plus movement in virtually every corner of American life. Things can and will get worse. Who would have predicted that the Los Angeles Dodgers would honor an anti-Catholic hate group of drag queen so-called nuns calling themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as part of a Pride Night celebration. In doing this, the Dodgers not only exalt a perverted group, the Dodgers also attack Christianity. The LGBTQ plus movement continues to log one success after another in its push for social revolution affirming their views. Why? Why have American institutions and the public so rapidly embraced the amoral and immoral views of the LGBTQ plus movement, making them a virtual new cult religion in America? The answer is in part because the movement's messaging tactics have been strategically, consistently, ruthlessly, and sad to say, effectively pursued. The movement changes or hijacks the meaning of words. Word definitions are considered fluid, are weaponized, and leveraged against those who disagree. The movement demands its vocabulary be used in media 
or even by those who disagree, such that when others do this, they've already conceded the argument. For example, being expected to use gender identity pronouns for trans individuals that do not align with their biological birth sex. The movement argues all criticisms or critiques are rooted in transphobia, new word, and are ipso facto intolerant, bigoted, and hateful. The movement demands its views not just be allowed or tolerated, but saluted, celebrated. The movement recognizes no truth but its own ever-changing truth. It argues immoral behavior is freedom of expression. It contends sexual behaviors are not choices as such, but evidence of who LGBTQ plus people innately are in their identity. And it co-ops the civil rights movement and vocabulary, arguing all sexual choices are civil rights. Christians need to respond. We need to speak clearly and consistently about biblical norms. The title of Dr. Albert Moeller's most recent book has it exactly right. We cannot be silent. This means we need to be ready and willing to engage in public debate and dialogue. We also need to present a compelling counter-narrative. If we fail to do that, the mainstream narrative will win by default. Theirs will be seen as the only plausible position to take. It is our responsibility as Christians to promote the public good. And there is the need to preserve religious freedom. Above all, the freedom to preach the Bible and proclaim the gospel, which is increasingly threatened by the demand for LGBTQ plus rights, a demand that invariably translates into the suppression of those who continue to stand firm on biblical norms. Christians must support not simply the value of personal and public morality for the good of the individuals, but also for the ongoing potential of free government that cannot survive without citizens embracing moral restraint on their own. Why? Because the less people voluntarily restrain themselves, the more government must do it, and thus the less freedom society will have, and the more tyrannical government will become. John Adams said our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Recognize Pride Month for what it is. Pride Month is not about freedom. Those who pursue the lifestyles it references already have freedom. Pride is about promoting licentiousness, in tyrannically demanding affirmation from anyone who disagrees. For example, legally attempting to force businesses to display rainbow flags. So what do we do? Well, remember this, no matter how rational, articulate, historically, and biblically justifiable our presentation, we cannot argue people into right views, correct theology, or changing their sinful behavior. This is not a may-the-best-ideas-win contest. Only the Spirit of God can ultimately change hearts. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not about our arguments. It's about the Word and the Spirit of God. So how do we do this? Number one, listen. No need for sermons. Listen for the hurt. People pursuing LGBTQ plus lifestyles experience a boatload of emotional, 
spiritual, mental, and physical trauma. This is one reason they constantly talk about wanting affirmation. They are human beings made in God's image and loved by Him, even if they do not know or acknowledge this truth. Number two, ground your comments in the Creator who loves and created human beings in a manner that granted them blessings via heterosexual marriage, not in other sexual behaviors that fall short. Number three, don't be hateful, ever. But recognize that if you share the truth, you, not just your comments, may be rejected or despised. Be honest, kind, speak the truth in love, but by all means speak the truth. And lastly, share the gospel. Ultimately, the greatest transformative power on earth, through which all sinners, including you and me, can become new creations in Christ. And then remember, our foundation is still the solid rock. The Word of God is our source of strength and hope. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Well, we'll see you again soon. This podcast is about discerning what is best. If you find this thought-provoking and helpful, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and download an episode for your friends. For more Christian commentary, check my website, R-E-X-M, as in Martin, that's rexmrogers.com. And remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm.